0: Dear Sangha, today is uh, June the 13th, the year 2000, and we are in the lower hamlet during our 21-day retreat. We are still on our second week of the retreat. Our practice is to Go back into the present moment in order to recognize what is going on, whether it is uh, positive or negative. Getting in touch with uh, the positive elements that are still there within us, And around us, we get the uh, nourishment and transformation that we need. And getting in touch with the real suffering going on in us and around us, help us to recognize them, embrace them, and look deeply into their own nature, so that we can see the way out the way of transformation and healing. The Sangha eyes is the instrument with which we can practice uh, deep looking. And the Buddha eyes is the instrument we use in order to practice uh, deep looking. We try to look not only as uh, individuals, but as sanghas, with the eyes of the Buddha. Looking into the present situation of ourselves and our society, we see the suffering of uh, alienation, You can call it by its true name. Loneliness, the feeling of being cut off, the feeling of uh, alienation, division, the disintegration of uh, the family, the disintegration of uh, society. our civilization, our culture, has been characterized by individualism. That is why uh, we do not have that solidity, we do not have that harmony, we do not have that um, uh, communication that uh, we so need just because uh, of the phenomenon of uh, disintegration. Our family has to be rebuilt, our community has to be rebuilt, our society has to be rebuilt, our church has to be rebuilt, communication should be restored, harmony should be restored. This is uh, the first um, issue One of the most important issues of our time, that is Dukkha, that is suffering, that we have to recognize. Division, disintegration, loneliness, alienation. We have to recognize it, to acknowledge it, to look deeply into its nature and find a way out. The truth of Dukkha, ill-being, should help us to see the truth of uh, Magga, the way out. The second issue that we have to look into is the issue of violence and intolerance. These two things are linked to each other. Is so much violence in each of us, and in the very young ones. The energy of violence is destroying us, adults as well as uh, children. And we don't know how to handle violence in us. We don't know how to handle violence in our family, in our society. And violence leads to despair. We cannot tolerate ourselves. We cannot tolerate the other person. We, do not, we are not capable to, of tolerating the other group, whether it is a nation, our tradition It's difficult for the Hindu to embrace the Muslim, the Israeli to embrace the Palestinians, the black to embrace the white, and so on. And we are motivated by the desire to punish, to make the others suffer because we, ourselves, we suffer so much. And violence tries to express itself in many ways. And what we consume every day, in terms of uh, edible food, in terms of uh, magazines, books, televisions, control items, feed us with what violence, with fear with uh, intolerance, with anger, and despair. We feel that violence within us. Within the person who, who is in front of us, on our left, on our right, behind us. It looks like uh, the world is going to explode because so much violence is there within and around. The beating, the shooting, the explosion is taking place everywhere at any time. That is one of the big issues of our time. How to recognize violence how to embrace it, how to transform it within ourselves, in our society. Dharma has to tell us. We have to find out ways of practice so that we can deal with the violence in us and around us. The Dharma should be effective in helping as dealing with violence and hatred. The teaching of the Buddha concerning consumption, concerning the food we ingest every day. has has much to do with uh, the nurture of violence in us, the increase of violence in us and in the world. The third issue is the issue of fear, of uncertainty. We are very afraid of our future. We don't know what will come. Most of us believe that there is only one future for the humankind and for the planet. And that future is going to be determined by our electronic and biological uh, technology. We are afraid. We don't know where technology will lead us to. Mankind is tempted to intervene within the chemistry of life. Humans are tempted to mold themselves in the way they want. Do they have enough wisdom to do so, or they will destroy themselves by trying to be uh, to be God? There is a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty concerning the future. And we know that (coughs) electronic and uh, genetic technology is not going to stop. Underground testing is going on. People are tempted to clone themselves, to use the technology of uh, genetic uh, manipulation in every domain of life, and we are to confront with that. Fear is there, uncertainty is there. The Dharma, what the Dharma will tell us, How we can see the guidance of the Dharma in order to protect us from fear and from doing the wrong thing. These are very real issues of our time. And therefore, our practice is to come together and practice looking deeply into our real situation. If you are a biologist, then you have to meet another biologist and sit down with concentration, with mindfulness, you look deeply into the issue. And you have the sangha to understand the real problem. If you are an educator, if you are concerned with uh, the well-being of young people, if you are concerned about the violence that is uh, mounting in uh, in them, you would like to sit down with another educator and with uh, parents in order to really understand the deep reasons why violence is there, and to find out Concrete ways in order to stem violence, to to er- eradicate it, to transform it, and you have to report to the sangha and help the sangha to offer the teaching and the practice at every level of society. If you see division, alienation is uh, destroying our daily life, our happiness, our solidity. And then uh, we should get together and find way in order to build Sangha. and learn again to live as a community. We should be able to be a river instead of a drop of water, because a river is sure to arrive to the ocean. But as a drop of water, you cannot go anywhere. You will be evaporated on the way to the ocean. So the Dharma should be should address real issues of our time. Sandhika, the Dharma is essentially addressing the present moment. The Dharma is not uh, something for the future, the Dharma is for now. We have no time in order to indulge in speculations concerning the future. The Dharma is to take care of the present. And if the Dharma can take care of the present, it will take care of the future by itself. So every time I listen to the teaching of uh, emptiness, of interbeing, of no self, of endlessness, of uh, nirvana. We should bring our suffering in order to understand this teaching. This teaching are really addressing our suffering, and not something. Uh, of uh, a philosoph- philosophical, uh, speculative nature. Always ask the question, what does this teaching have to do with my actual suffering? What does this teaching have to do with the suffering, actual suffering of my society? And then, you have a chance to understand the teaching. A teaching that is not appropriate, is not dealing directly with suffering, is not a Buddhist teaching. Even if it contains a lot of Buddhist terms, it is not Buddhist teaching. The real teaching is appropriate, affective, Dealing directly, addressing directly to the suffering, the ill-being in us and around us. The teaching on interbeing, for instance should be practiced, should be understood and practised as an antidote to the situation of division, discrimination. alienation. The teaching of interbeing should be the medicine for individualism to treat, to transform the tendency of individualism that has uh, been there in our society. The teaching of Interbeing and the practice of intervening should be, help, be able to help us to live and to behave as a cell in the body, or as a bee in a bee hive. Otherwise, we don't need the teaching of interbeing. The teaching of interbeing should be concretized by the daily practice, the daily behavior. We look into ourselves, we look into the people who live around us, we look into uh, beings in the, in the animal realm, in the vegetal realm, in the mineral realm, in such a way that we can see the nature of interbeing, that we can uh, 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 feel the respect, uh, the reverence of life uh, within us that we can, give uh, rise to the energy of compassion, understanding, so that uh, we can protect each other, and we can protect uh, the earth and our environment. If the teaching of interbeing can produce that, it is really the teaching of uh, the Buddha. We have learned that uh, nothing can be. The word uh, "to be" is a very uh, very uh, very much used in our daily life. to be. Nothing can be by itself alone. Everything can, must interbe with everything else. That is uh, not a statement. This is a guide for practice, directives for practice. No one can be by himself or herself alone. Everyone has to be, to interview with everyone else. This is because that is. The teaching is clear. How to learn, to look, at everything at everyone in such a way that help us to touch the nature of interbeing in everything in everyone and then we can behave accordingly. By looking like that and by living like that we will transform the world. We transform us into being you are, but you are not. You are in me. I am, but I am not. I am in you. That teaching can be found in the Christian gospel also. I am in the Father, the Father is in me, and you are in me, and I am in you. That is the teaching of interbeing. Pratitya Samutpada is the Sanskrit term. It means uh, dependent co-arising. Dependent co-arising. The independence day should be transformed into the dependence day. And, as I said, it can be translated by dependent co-arising. This is because that is. It's like this. This is your left, this is your right. Right and left co-arise at the same time. Because the left is here, the right is there. If you remove the left, you remove the right. The right and the left, they inter-are, they go-arise at the very same time. The cause is not something that exists before, before the effect can take place. Let us think of it in terms of parity. It is the past that gives rise to the future. It is the future that gives rise to the past. It is the teacher that makes the disciple exist. And it is the disciple that makes the teacher exist. The right cannot be the right unless the left is there, the left cannot be the left unless the right is there. If you are a political party belonging to the left, you should not try to eliminate the right, because if the right is not there, you cannot be. So when we say something like east is east and west is west and never the twin can meet, you don't understand. (laughs) You have to say that east is in the west, east in west, and west is in east. The twin do not have to meet because they are each other. They inter are. We have to understand the expression co-arising, both in terms of time and space. Simultaneous. And this uh, we will uh, see more clearly as uh, we continue. The Buddha said, If you see dependent co arising, if you see interbeing, you see me. If you see me, you see interbeing. That is a very famous, very important statement. You cannot see the Buddha unless you see the nature of uh, dependent co arising. And when you see the Buddha, you see the Buddha eyes. You have the Buddha eyes. And when you see the nature of interbeing, being it means you are using your Buddha eyes, because without the Buddha eyes, you cannot see the nature of interbeing. being And Buddha eyes is not only your intellect, it should be a direct experience. There is uh, a famous uh, gatha r- uh, written by, by Nagarjuna, Nagarjuna Long Thao, the second century. Uh, quoted from his uh, treaty on 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 the great understanding that has uh, the power to lead you to the other shore Maha Paramita Shastra that is uh, His 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 work. That is a treatise. Nagarjuna is an extremely intelligent person. Is a wonderful teacher. He wrote many treatises, including the. The Maha Prasna Paramita Shastra. But the, but the Gata, I'm going to write on the board, it does not come from, from the Maha Paramita. It comes from another treatise called Tung uh, Kwanglun, um, um, Madhyamika. Karika Shastra, the treatise composed of uh, Ghatas and the Middle Way, Madhyamika. Madhyamika is the Middle Way. The Middle Way is the way that helps us to transcend pairs of opposites. And the gata goes like this. Everything that arises according to the principle of co-dependent arising, I call them empty. I would call them also metaphor, and I would call them also the middle path. Nhân san pháp. <coughs> All these phenomena it arise from Pratitya Samutpada dependent origination. ngã thuyết tức thị không ai c d d a m t diệt danh vi giả danh I also call them a metaphor, a conventional designation. And I would call them also the middle way path. Diệt danh trung đạo I also call them middle path, the meaning of the middle path. Nhân duyên sở sanh pháp ngã thuyết tức thì không diệt danh vi dạ danh diệt danh trung đạo nghịa. Egata that I memorized already when I was 16. And we have the original Sanskrit here for your pleasure. Pratitya samutpada, dependent, co-arising, that's the first term. The second third term is Sunyata. This is Nyanyu, uh, and this is Kong. Uh, uh, Prajñapti, prasnyati, a metaphor, Yayan. Sometimes we translate by conventional designation, magyama, the middle path. (coughs) To meditate means to to be there, (coughs) mindful, concentrated, And with that kind of mindfulness and concentration, we practice looking deeply into the nature of what is there. What is there may be a flower, a pebble, a cloud, a mental formation like your anger, your fear, or your hope, or your own body. And looking deeply Into what is there, you discover the nature of interdependence, the nature of uh, dependent co arising. And that nature of uh, dependent co arising, sometimes you call it the nature of emptiness. It's the same. If you see emptiness, you see uh, independent co-arising. If you see independent uh, co-arising, you see emptiness. And the other day, we already said that (coughs) to be empty is to be empty of something. And here it means to be empty of a separate existence. There is no separate existence, there is no separate uh, entity, there is no separate self. Self is only made of non-self elements. Flower is made only of non-flower elements. Buddhism is made only of non-Buddhist elements. It's very helpful to understand that. If you don't understand that Buddhism becomes a bondage, you get caught. The moment when you realize that Buddhism is uh, something of the nature of uh, interbeing, the moment when you know that Buddhism is empty, and then you begin to understand Buddhism. And if you understand like that, there is no longer any attachment, there is no longer any pride. You don't take uh, it as a theory, as an ideology, as something you can be proud of. So then the insight of, imp- uh, of uh, intervening is so important. The Buddha used the image of an onion. Where well, you see the onion as uh, a dharma, as uh, a phenomenon, you might think that, uh, of the onion as having a something, something solid in the core. But as you you try to to take off one by one the layers of onion of the onion you can see you cannot see anything inside. It's really empty. It's really empty. When you look into a mass of bubbles in the river you see it as something existing. But if you look deeply into the mass of bubble, you don't see anything any substantial uh, entity at all, and yet it is there. When you look at a. a at someone <coughs> with mindfulness with concentration you discover you discover things like uh, form feelings perceptions mental formations and consciousness and they are just like layers of the onion they are just like a bubble In the mass about the bubble, you can see any substantial self inside. It's a coming together of uh, conditions. The nature is really empty. To be empty does not mean to be non-existing. It is also empty of non-existence, because existence and non-existence. Both cannot describe uh, reality either. When we look at this uh, glass you can describe it as empty. Yes, the glass is empty. But we have to say, empty of what? You can say empty of water, empty of tea. But you cannot say that it is empty of air, it's full of air, even if it is in this position. So it's very helpful to ask the question, Dear Buddha, you say things are empty, but please tell me empty of what? Then then the Buddha will smile and you begin to understand. Empty of a s- substantial separate existence. Look into a flower. The flower is wonderful, a wonderful manifestation. And yet the flower is empty of a separate existence, a separate self. There's nothing substantial in it. It's only uh, a manifestation made possible by the coming together of so many elements that are not flower. But in order to be empty, the flower has to be there. This also, you call it empty or full, it has to be there in order to be either empty or full. So, empty does not mean non-existent, non-existing. The idea of (coughs) non-existing is empty itself. That is why in Buddhism we speak of uh, the emptiness of emptiness. Sunyata sunyatam. You can see a lot of compassion in the teaching. Because emptiness is offered to you in order for you to to be liberated from the notion of uh, being. But if uh, you are caught by the notion of non-being, because we understand emptiness as non-being, and then you are still not liberated. And therefore, another teaching should be, should be offered to you the teaching of the emptiness of emptiness. What you consider to be empty, to be emptiness, my dear, ah, it is itself empty the emptiness of emptiness. <coughs> And we already know that emptiness is one of the three doors of uh, liberation. Emptiness, signlessness, and uh, wishlessness. Therefore, we should not try to identify emptiness with non-being. Because non-being is a notion that is opposed to the notion of being. And both notions cannot be applied to reality. Philosophically, we are inclined to say, to be, or not to be? That is the question. But in the teaching, in the light of the teaching, in the light of emptiness, to be or not to be, that is not the question. So both the notion of being and non-being, they are empty, and reality cannot be Express in terms of being or non-being. Being and non-being constitute a pair of opposites, and therefore the middle way, the term middle way, madya, Madhyama, is a term, is a teaching that can help us to get rid of notions based uh, as a pairs of opposite, Madhyama. Pairs of opposite like uh, to be or not to be, birth and death, coming and going, the same or different. All these kinds of uh, notions, all these kind of pairs of opposite, should be transcended. And that is why Madhyama is Another expression of uh, Pratitya Samudpada is the same. If you really see Pratitya Samudpada, you see Madhyama. Reality transcending all pairs of opposite. If you are still caught by the ideas of birth and death, coming and going, the same are the difference. And then you have not seen intervening, you have not seen emptiness. So there is one expression left for us to inquire about, that's prasñapti. Prashnapti is a wonderful expression. It means metaphor. It is a conventional designation. Our, our collective consciousness <coughs> created it is not a reality, something substantial, but because we agree with each other it's like that. It is like the stock market. There are values in the stock markets. It is like uh, the euro or the dollar. It is not a real entity. It is a fabrication, a, a mental fabrication, and yet they direct our life, they shape our life. Our fear, our hope, our happiness, our sorrow Spring from these notions. They become metaphor or conventional uh, designation. Islam, Hinduism, Christianism, Christianity, <coughs> Buddhism, America, Africa, all are conventional <coughs> designations. And they inter-are That they all transcend uh, notions like this or that, friends or enemies. If you can look into the nature of uh, everything and discover the nature, uh, discover uh, emptiness, dependent, co-arising, uh, the middle way, and then you are free from beauty. You are free from discrimination. You see yourself as a cell of the whole organism. You see the other is also a of discrimination And that is the way out. How can Mr. Clinton practice looking into himself and into Mr. Saddam Hussein? With the eyes of dependent co-arising, how the Hindu can look at the Muslim in such, a, in such, with such an eyes, and then non-discrimination will be possible, harmony will be possible. And therefore, uh, the eye, the Buddha eyes, is very needed for everyone. You are a politician, you are an educator, you are a daughter, a son, a parent. All of us have to learn to look at the Buddha eyes in order to really see the nature of Pratitya samutpada, the nature of uh, uh, Shunyata, the nature of uh, Madhyama, the nature of Prasnyapti. Uh, shall we stop for a few uh, mindful movements, please? <laughs> Shuko Banc-Nim is ready to come and help us? She has more sense than and me, she started early age. She's very happy. Nun. And she gave us a lot of happiness. There is a French uh, scientist whose name is uh, Lavoisier. He said that uh, nothing is uh, created, nothing is uh, destroyed. We cannot create, we cannot talking about uh, physical. Um, entities. In the Heart Sutra, we recite it exactly with the same words. There's no birth, there's no death, no production, no destruction. Production and destruction are ideas, are notions, are constituting a pair of opposites according to the inside of Madhyama uh, reality is free from both birth and death. To be born for many of us is from nothing you suddenly become something. To be born for many of us is from no one you suddenly become someone. But if we practice looking deeply, we see that it would be impossible for non-being to become being, for, for no one to become someone, for, for nothing to become something. It's not like that. It is not possible. Just, it is just impossible. Suppose uh, this sheet of paper If you look deeply into it, we can see also the nature of uh, dependent co-arising. You can see the forest, you can see the trees, you can see the sunshine, you can see the rain, the clouds, you can see the paper mill, you can see the factory, uh, the people who work in factories, you can see the consciousness of those who conceive the factories. Uh, You can see the consumers of paper and so on. In fact, looking deeply into the sheet of paper, we see the whole cosmos in it. And the whole cosmos has come together in order to help the sheet of paper manifest. Dear one, you are a wonderful manifestation. And I would like to ask you, When did you begin to exist? Can you have your birth certificate? What day? What... uh, What time of the day? What day? What month? What year? And where were you born? You were born. And then, we engage ourselves in the course of uh, looking for the birth date of the sheet of paper. It means the moment where, when, from nothing at all, well, a sheet of paper begins to be. Looking deeply into the sheet of paper, in the here and the now, we don't have to go back to the past. We see that the sheet of paper is, at the same time, the forest, the cloud, the sunshine, the factory. You can see it right now. You don't have to go to the past. It is like uh, you are a therapist. You are a psychoanalyst. You don't have to go back to the childhood of someone in order to understand him or her, because her childhood is there, expressing itself in the here and the now. All the suffering, all the symptoms of illness are expressing themselves, are showing, are talking to you. If you just, if you just uh, observe that person in the here and the now, you understand everything. You don't have to go back to the past and ask her, lie down on a couch and using the techniques of, uh, of free uh, association, and so on. You don't have to travel, either in time or in space and understand, just look into the present moment. Just look into what is happening in the here and the now, and you see that the nature of the sheet of paper is the nature of no birth and no death. That moment when the sheet of paper took uh, this appearance, uh, it, it was already in other forms. From nothing, you cannot become something. Before being a sheet of paper in this form, the sheet of paper was already there in the form of uh, a tree, in the form of a cloud, in the form of the sunshine. Therefore, its true nature is the nature of no birth. This is only that date you call uh, birthday. is only a date of continuation, a moment of continuation. Continuation under another form. We are attached to forms. We have not experimented the nature of non-form signlessness, the second door of liberation. You just lost someone who are dear, who is dear to you. And you think that she has become non-existing. You are attached to her form her appearance, her sign. And you think that she is only that sign, that form. You are wrong. The door, the second door of liberation, signlessness, will help you to, to find her again, to identify her again uh, under other forms. You are especially attached to a cloud, a beautiful cloud. And when the time for the cloud to become rain, you cry and you cry and you cry. You don't know that the cloud is sinking in, uh, why she was transformed into the rain. You have to be able to see the cloud in the rain. <laughs> you have left very much behind. That is why you cannot recognize the presence of the cloud in, in its new form, the rain. That, that, that is why grief is with you for a long time. So, signlessness is a door of liberation. Nothing is born, nothing is lost. You have a birth certificate. It is written very clearly that you are born on such and such a day, at such and such a place. But Do you think you, really, you only really be, begin to exist uh, from that day? No. No. You were already there before, before you were born, in the womb of your mother. If you had not been there, it was not possible for your mother to give you birth. And you may tempt, be tempted to think that uh, you begin to to be, uh, nine months uh, ago, the moment of conception, of your conception and the womb of your mother. I agree that it is a little bit closer to the truth, but it is not the truth yet. Before the conception it had been there, maybe 50% in your father, 50% in your mother. And even before the birth of your mother and your father, you were already there. In your ancestors, you are already in the air, in the sunshine, and so on. In the Zen circle, they, they like to offer you the koan. Tell me, my dear friend, how did you look before the birth of your grandmother. It's a very nice invitation. That is an invitation for you to, 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 to a journey to find yourself, your true self, your nature of no birth and, and no death. It's a very nice invitation. In your busy, hectic life, you don't have the luxury to go on such a voyage, a, a journey, finding yourself. Tell me, my dear friend, how was your original nature uh, face? How did you look like before, before the birth of your grand, great-grandfather? And then you are given time to practice sitting, walking, dishwashing, in order to find it out. The teacher has given you a koan for you to work work on it. And your flesh, you have to bury the koan in your flesh, in the flesh of your consciousness. It is like an arrow struck into your being and you carry it 24 hours a day, always concentrating on on that. Everything you do, every minute of your daily life should be focused on it until a breakthrough is obtained. The breakthrough cannot be possible without Mindfulness, concentration, your true presence in the here and the now. A good scientist is someone who is very concerned about something, understanding something, and why he's, uh, she's uh, walking, sleeping, eating. That question <laughs> is always in him, in her. And if uh, he has enough concentration, and then the inside will come. Sometimes an apple will fall on your head, and that will trigger your awakening. You understand. It's the very much the same with, uh, with uh, the meditator. If you are a, a, a student of uh, mathematics, you also need. Mindfulness and concentration, in order for you to solve the, your ma- mathematic problem. Without mindfulness, without being really there, body and mind together, without deep looking, you cannot solve your mathematical problem. So everyone needs mindfulness and concentration, <coughs> because mindfulness and concentration bring insight. There are different kinds of insight. But uh, the ultimate uh, aim of meditation is to, to get the insight about your true nature, the nature of no birth and no death. And this is possible. Many of us have achieved. Can someone bring me a candle, a few candles, and a box of match? I think I'm going to burn a sheet of paper in order for us to see whether it is possible to make something existing into non-existing. In our, uh, in our mind, to be born, means from nothing you become something, from no one you become someone. If you look deeply, you see that this is, this is very absurd. From nothing you can never become something. This is the case of the sheet of paper. So the true nature of uh, the paper is the nature of no birth. Mindfully, I strike a match. Mindfully, I invite the flame to burn up the sheet of paper. Mindfully, I breathe in and I observe. I observe a sheet of paper. I would like to know, to see. I describe the event as the dying of the sheet of paper. Because in our mind we think that uh, to die means from something you suddenly become nothing, from someone you suddenly become no one. But is it really true that the sheet of paper has become nothing? If you have observed, you see that uh, smoke was rising. Can you follow the smoke? The smoke is an afterlife of the sheet of paper. Now it's up there, smiling down on us, (laughs) smiling down on our ignorance. (laughs) We are caught by the sign the appearance of paper, we think that the paper is no longer there and you cry. You may cry. We are left very much behind. <coughs> the sheet of paper has become part of a cloud, looking down <laughs> on us, smiling. You say, Hello, <laughs> see you again. Maybe tomorrow you see me as a drop of rain on your forehead. We live in the dark, because we don't know the nature of interbeing, of no birth and no death. The sheet of paper has become the heat. It almost burned my finger. The energy of heat has penetrated into my body and into yours also. And if we have a sophisticated uh, instrument, we can measure the impact of that energy in the the cosmos. Far-away galaxies have been influenced by the heat emitted by the sheet of paper. The sheet of paper has gone very far. We cannot uh, run after it. We are too slow to catch up with a sheet of paper. My feelings, my perceptions, my quality of uh, walking, my quality of sleeping has been influenced by the heat that has penetrated me. And here you have the ash. An novice will return it to the earth to the soil. And maybe next year when you come, you see it in the form of a little flower or a blade of grass. So you can never reduce something into nothing. You can never reduce someone into no one. You you think that when you shoot Martin Luther King, you can reduce him into nothing. But that's not true. Martin Luther King is always there and his energy, his wisdom, his action is always there with us. You think you can shoot Mahatma Gandhi, but Mahatma Gandhi is very powerful, still very powerful, present everywhere in our heart and around us. You think that Shakyamuni Buddha is no longer there, but he is very alive in every one of us. The, our practice is to get rid of our attachment to form, <coughs> to sign, to marks, in order to be able to touch the reality which is free from birth and death. So birth and death are a pair opposite and only by looking deeply to see the nature of Madhyama a path that we can transcend the notions of birth and death. This is a training. If you don't train yourself, your intellect, even it, if it can understand it, but it will not have a real effect on your life, and it cannot liberate you. Understanding is the understanding with both uh, mind consciousness and store consciousness and your body. <coughs> and not with the intellect alone. (coughs) The birth of a flame. The birth of a flame. Is something we can help. When you look into the box of matches, you don't see any flame. It has not manifested. You say flame is non-existing. But the nature, the true nature of the flame is neither existing nor non-existing because to be and not to be constitute a pair another pair of opposites and our practice is to liberate it, us from both the notion of being and the notion of non-being because reality is free from from both notions. The nature of the Buddha is nature of uh, of uh, no birth, no death, no being, no non-being. During the time of the Buddha, philosophers used to ask uh, him questions and ask his disciples questions. Whether the Buddha will continue to be after his death or he will stop being after his death. A lot of philosophical questions. And all these questions are motivated by by the desire to understand and to classify things in terms of uh, opposites. To be or not to be, you have no alternative. But if you, you are a good meditator, you can see already the flame, although the flame has not manifested to your consciousness. All the conditions are sufficient for the flame to manifest, except one, a movement of my hand. So I'm going to invite the flame to manifest. All the conditions are, only, are already there. And we are going to offer the last conditions for the manifestation of the flame. It would not be just to say that the flame is. And before that, it would, not, it would be unjust to say that the flame was not. let us ask the question as whether this flame is the same with the other flame or it is a different flame because same and difference constitute another pair of opposite Birth and death is one pair. Being, non-being, is another pair. Same difference is another f- You may be tempted to say that it's the same f- flame. or you may like to say, "No, let's do two different flames. The other flame is the flame uh, existing on a match, and this flame is another one grounded uh, it uh, on a candle. So you are caught. You are caught either by the idea of same or difference. but just just look. as if you say that it is uh, the cheese and the milk and the butter they are one or that, they are different the milk the cheese the cream the yogurt they are of the of different uh, sign appearance. Just look at this at this. If you leave the candle like this, the flame continues to be for one hour, maybe two hours. And we have an impression that it is always the same flame. We are wrong. A flame can be there only for a fraction of a second. That is a way of uh, speaking. A series of flames takes place one after another and give the illusion that is a, the same lasting flame. Look into it. Looking into the conditions, the oxygen that the flame is consuming is not the same during two consecutive consecutive moments. The fuel that the flame leaves on is different in every moment, in every second. So, even the flame present on the tip of the candle its true nature is the nature of no birth, no death, no being, and no non being, no same, no difference. This flame, the flame of a minute ago and the flame of this very moment, they are not the same flame, they are neither the same flame, they are neither different flames there may be a continuity continuation but it's not the same the same applied to everything and to you before you enter this dhamma hall and now you are not the same you are not the difference you as a wonderful manifestation you are free from the notions of same and difference. There, is an, there are a lot of illusions in our way of perceiving things. We are tempted to describe the flame as non-existing. No, the flame just hides itself from us. She is playing the game of hide-and-seek and and it should not be fooled by her. She is neither existing nor non-existing. She is free from these two notions. Her place is nirvana. Nirvana means the absence of notions. She is free from notions. Nirvana is the extinction of all notions, including the notions of being, non-being, existing, non-existing, birth and death. Same different. Dear one, where have you come from? Have you come from? And where have you been? Have you gone? We ask the flame. And can you see the flame laughing? I come from nowhere, and I go nowhere. When conditions are sufficient, I manifest myself. When conditions are no longer sufficient, I hide myself. No coming, no going. So coming and going is another pair of opposites. And the philosophy, the teaching of Nagarjuna help us to transcend all pairs of opposites. And that is why his uh, treatise called the Treatise of the middle path, Madhyamika Karika Shastra. This has been translated in French, English. Shastra means the treatise, Karika means uh, the gathas, the poems, the verses on the middle, middle path. And the insight of the middle path can be applied into our daily life, the way we look at ourselves, the the way we look at uh, people, animals, plants, the way we look at our nation, our uh, our foreign policy, our uh, uh, way of life, that will liberate us a lot. Here you have four four expressions. Pratitya-samutpada, it means dependent co-arising. Here you have sunyata, it means uh, emptiness. Here you have the word prasnapti which means conventional designation. And here you have madhyama, the middle path. And if you understand one, you understand the other three. <coughs> the teaching of Prashnapti must be understood in the light of the teaching of sunyata, pratitya, Samutpada and madhyama. The teaching of madhyama should be understood in the light of Prashnapti, sunyatam, and pratitya, Samupada, the interbeing. being of the teaching. It is like if you understand, if you know the degree of salinity of, uh, of a drop of water in the ocean, you understand the whole ocean. Our sorrow, our fear, our despair has much to do with with the teaching and the practice. Our grief also. How to apply the teaching of the Three Doors of Liberation in our daily life. How to train ourselves to look, to listen, and to live our daily life according to the teaching of the Three uh, Doors of Liberation. How to understand, how to apply the teaching of uh, co-dependent a, co, a dependent co-arising of emptiness in our daily life. That way, we will not waste our time studying Buddhism. Because many of us have spent 10 years, twenty, ten 10 years studying Buddhism, and are not capable of changing ourselves, transforming ourselves. That's a pity. That's not the way the Buddha recommends us to do. You have the instrument. But you don't know how to make use of the instrument for your transformation and healing and for the transformation and healing of the world. Coming together as a Sangha, we have more chance. How to solve the problem of uh, loneliness, of uh, uh, disintegration? How to solve the problem of uh, dispute? discrimination, and violence. How to solve the problem problem of, of fear for the future, uncertainty about the future? We have to ask when we learn the teaching. We should be able to provide with concrete practice so that we and the people around us can apply them into our daily life. And then we can get a relief. We can get a transformation right away. The Sangha eyes should be used to do that. The Buddha eyes should be used to do that. I would recommend that. Uh, uh, we organize into groups. And have our Dharma discussions uh, focus on these three themes of healing. The first theme, uh, the first issue is the issue of uh, of uh, disharmony separation. Disintegration, individualism that characterize our daily life and our society. And how Sangha building, learning to build Sangha can help heal that kind of sickness of our time, division, alienation. Individualism. The second issue being violence, <laughs> hatred. How the teaching and the practice of mindfulness, especially mindfulness of uh, consumption, mindfulness as uh, means to protect us and protect our beloved ones for the destruction of our body and our consciousness by unmindful consumption. The third issue is the issue of uh, fear, uncertainty, concerning our future. How to deal with uh, issues like uh, genetic manipulation, Uh, Genetic technology, electronic technology, so that we can dissipate our fear and know where to go and get uh, enough uh, wisdom in order not to to do the wrong thing for our destruction and the destruction of our planet. We have to be realistic, we should not be floating on the air. We have to get down to, to earth and looking deeply into the nature of our real suffering. Please organize yourself, please uh, communicate, please uh, 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 bring uh, use your sangha eyes in order to, to understand deeply The first noble truth, Dukkha, ill-being of all time. Anyone would like to help the sheet of paper to become a flower? (laughs) Bring it to the garden.